0: Hello and welcome to Random BS, my name is Michael, and I wanna talk a little bit about Zach Eady returning to Purdue, and I wanna put that into a little bit of historical context for the next Purdue basketball season. Prior to the NIL era, it was not uncommon to see guys just leave for the NBA, mostly because if you had an opportunity to earn millions of dollars, why would you ever turn that down? And I think what you're seeing now with NIL is guys who could make a lot of money at that next level come back because they have something that they want to accomplish at the college level that they just weren't able to do so in their previous seasons. And a lot of those guys still have opportunities to play in the NBA or at least in Europe when they graduate or they decide to move on. And with Zach it's it's no different. And so you've seen guys like Trace Jackson Davis, for example, come back because he had some sense of unfinished business and the IU basketball NIL collective was able to make it worth his while. And although he didn't achieve what he meant to do, I think that he probably doesn't regret leaving, um, a, a, a staying around for another year before, before actually leaving. So it's really interesting to think about these players and the decisions that they make and the the different ways in which they think about those. But it's also interesting to think about the teams themselves and how this affects the dynamics of those teams. uh, Everybody who's a Purdue fan is disappointed, obviously, at how the last two seasons ended, especially the last season. And we're sort of looking at this team and thinking, what is it going to take in order for them to be successful? And although there wasn't really much debate as to whether – zach edie helps or hurts that i mean obviously he helps it quite a bit i mean he was a consensus all-american consensus national player of the year pretty much just wrapped up every major trophy that he possibly could have gotten last season and so obviously he's going to have a big effect on the team but there's still this question of how does a team come back from such a devastating end to that last season and how do they turn out to be better now we've all talked about you know, the previous number one seed to lose to a number 16 winning a national championship in the last season. Maybe that's a good analogy. Maybe it's not, but it wasn't really the first team that I thought of when I thought of teams recovering. And so as Purdue... Uh, moves forward into this next season. They basically lose a grad transfer. They gain a grad transfer. They gain Camden Hyde coming off of a redshirt, They gain Colvin uh, as an incoming freshman. But most importantly, their two freshman guards from last season, uh, Smith and Lawyer, have another year of experience under their belt and it's really hard to win in March with freshman guards but it's not quite as hard to win with sophomore guards so you're looking at a team that's a little bit older a little bit more experienced and um, while on paper they look largely the same as they did last season I think you can expect things to look a little bit different and so when I was thinking about what does this Purdue team look like moving forward the team that I thought about the most actually was the 2006 uh, 2016-2017 Villanova Wildcats team. So for those of you who don't remember, Villanova has had just an incredible run of success in the Big East and in the national uh, uh, tournaments and um this really uh is something that purdue can strive to achieve in terms of like matching some of that success and i think about that that 2016-2017 team because they came off of a very successful 2015-2016 season where they won 35 games and they uh they didn't win the biggies tournament but they played quite well they um uh went to a final four, they beat Oklahoma in the final four, they went to a national championship game, and then they beat North Carolina to win – uh, their second NCAA championship title in school history, and so they they were coming back in a little bit different of a position than Purdue was in their previous se- season. But if you looked at 2016 and 2017, you saw a team that was constructed to maybe replicate some of that success, and they experienced some failures in and of in in and of itself uh, during that season. So, coming into that season, they had lost a number of players, five players, in fact. Uh, the primary one that people will remember for his uh, late season heroics or his Ryan Archidiacono who graduated and they had a pretty good incoming class as well. Omari Spellman was a highly ranked power forward, a uh, consensus five-star and uh, still a freshman, but still an impactful player. So they had, this is the team that had Jalen Brunson, on that team Phil Booth, Josh Hart, I mean Chris Jenkins. This was a this was a pretty stacked team. And so if you look at this 2016-2017 Villanova team compared to Purdue, you see some analogies there like not in terms of position to position but like overall well-constructed team that's been playing together for a while, a lot of talent that was going to be impactful at that next level. And they had just a phenomenal regular season, including a win early in the season against Purdue. Purdue was ranked in the top 15, and Villanova beat Purdue by uh, three points at Mackey. So this was um, uh, an interesting season for Purdue, but also the start of a really good, really interesting season for Villanova. They didn't lose until January when they lost to a top 20 Butler team at Hinckley. They ended up... Uh, Winning a couple games after that before losing to Marquette. Winning a couple games before losing again to Butler, this time at Villanova. But finished the regular season um, with a 28-3 record, 15-3 in the Big East. And they went on to win the Big East tournament, much like how Purdue won the Big Ten tournament. Uh, Villanova won three games. Ended up defeating the number six seed, Creighton. Uh, squad uh, for the championship at madison square garden and overall just from a regular season standpoint had a very successful season so they won the big east outright and they won the big east tournament much like purdue winning the big 10 outright last season and winning uh, the Big Ten Tournament. So this was quite a successful season for Villanova, and then we went into March. And so they went into March in a little bit different of a position than Purdue did. So Purdue was ranked fifth but ended up grabbing that last number one seed, whereas Villanova was the consensus number one overall. And so the first team that they played was Mount St. Mary's, which gave them a little bit of a challenge. They ended up winning by 20 points, but it wasn't quite as easy as you would expect. That's obviously a big difference between Villanova and Purdue in that Purdue lost in that first round. But Villanova acquitted themselves fine in that first round, went on to play a number eight seed, which was the number 25-ranked Wisconsin Badgers, and they ended up losing that game by three points, finishing the season with a 32-4 and record. And that was a huge disappointment for Villanova. They were the number one overall seed. They had shown that they could beat a lot of really good teams. They beat Purdue. They beat Virginia. They beat Xavier. They beat Creighton. And they beat all these really quality teams during the season. And then they just fell apart. At the in, in the NCAA tournament. Now, a little bit different set of expectations for Villanova versus Purdue. Villanova, again, was coming off a national championship. Purdue was not coming off a national championship, obviously, this past season, but those expectations were still high, and that disappointment was still large. I mean, I think you can look at Purdue's loss in the tournament last season as the greatest upset in NCAA tournament history. At least that's how I view it. But if you look at Villanova losing to Wisconsin by three points in the second round, being the number one overall seed, you can say that that was a pretty major upset as well. Again, not at the same level, but still a significant upset. And so I'm seeing some parallels between these two teams. And so it's interesting to look at the 2017-2018 Villanova squad to see if there's anything that we could learn from how they acquitted themselves that season. So in that next season for Villanova, in the 2017-2018 season, they played extremely well, as they did in the previous few seasons. They didn't win the Big East. They were one game behind Xavier, which was a top-five team at the time. But they still won um, quite a few games Uh, This was Jay Wright's 17th season, and they only lost two players, although there were significant players, Chris Jenkins and and Josh Hart, and they brought in some pretty good four-stars. Uh, in their in their recruiting class. And so they still had Jalen Brunson. They still had Phil Booth. They still had Omari Spellman. They still had Micaiah Bridges. They had a, a really good team, much in the same way that Purdue will have a pretty good team next year. I look at Jalen Brunson as a bit of an analogy for Zach Eady. I know on paper that doesn't seem like it makes a ton of sense, Because they're such different players. Jalen Brunson is a six foot three point guard. Zach Yeedy is a seven foot four center. I mean, they couldn't be more different from a style standpoint. But Jalen Brunson was not a guy that people thought were going to was going to be super successful at that next level, you know, maybe like a, a utility guy um, definitely didn't see him starting for the New York Knicks and playing as well as he's been playing, although he was great fun to watch him in, in college. I think that he's surprised some people. So maybe there's a little bit of, of an analogy there. So in that 2017, 2018 season, it was just very interesting to see how Villanova was going to respond Um, given the disappointment that they had in the previous season. And they responded quite well. They didn't really play anyone until early December when they played Gonzaga, which was a top 10 team at the time. They destroyed them. They won by 16 points at Madison Square Garden. Uh, Bridges had 28 in that game. That was a really significant game for them. But they mostly feasted on inferior opponents they lost for the first time in late december to butler again butler a team that seems to just really have their number in in recent years they next played a ranked team uh, january 10th where they beat uh, number 10 xavier but by and large i mean we've talked about the two ranked teams that they've played so far i mean number 10 gonzaga number 10 xavier they mostly just Feasted on a weak schedule, ended up losing to Saint John's, beating Butler, losing to Providence, beating number four Xavier, beating DePaul, losing at Creighton. And so they had a little bit of a rough end to the season, losing to some inferior opponents, but still finished the se- the regular season, uh, fourteen and four in the conference and uh, one game behind Xavier for the Big East uh, regular season championship. And then they repeated their um, win in the Big East tournament by winning three games, uh, ultimately beating the fifth-seeded Providence team in overtime to take their, their second consecutive Big East tournament win. And then it was on to the NCAA tournament, and they entered this tournament again with high expectations. But that loss to Wisconsin in the previous season still fresh in everybody's mind. But they played extremely well in this season. So they finished the regular season with 27 wins. They would end up with 36 wins as they won the Big East, and then they won six straight games in the NCAA tournament to win. Uh, A championship. So they beat Radford, beat Alabama, beat West Virginia, beat Texas Tech, beat Kansas, beat Michigan in the national championship game. And none of those teams are um Patsys. i mean radford maybe but alabama was solid but not quite fully formed yet west virginia was a very good team texas tech was a very good team kansas obviously was very good michigan was was over over overperformed a little bit they were an eight seed but they were still a very good team and they went on to win the championship and the funny thing is when you win a national championship Title All of those previous mistakes sort of fade out in the noise, like you just don't pay as much attention to them because all that matters is that you win the tournament, and that's what Villanova was able to do. And so, I I thought this was interesting to look at because we're looking at a, a number one team that really struggled in. Uh, one season you know, lost early in the NCAA tournament, but was able to bounce like right back with largely a, a the same team, a lot of like talented players, but no, no like super dynamic guy. And although Ed is 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 quite dynamic in and of themselves or dominating, I should say instead of dynamic, um, there's a little bit of a of a parallel there. Villanova just absolutely handled themselves pretty well in the first three quarters of the regular season and ultimately put themselves in the position to win a title. So why, why does this matter? Like, why even bother talking about something like this? Well, it's not because I would expect Purdue to necessarily win a title next year, although I definitely think they're going to compete. I mean, Kansas is absolutely stacked next season. There's always a couple teams that are looking pretty good on paper, but they turn out to be really excellent, like Purdue kind of was this past season. But Purdue's going to be right there. They have the pieces that they've had uh, that they haven't really had uh, before, that season-to-season that that season to season uh, stability in terms of their top talent getting Edie back allows them to stay at that level where they should be a top five team all season it's going to be a little bit of a disappointment if they get through a bit of a, of a of a of a losing streak or whatever that causes them to drop out of the top five they can absolutely be a team that's dominating from beginning to end and it's an opportunity for them to do what villanova did which is erase that negative feeling from the past season and accomplish something great villanova as a program was in a little bit different of a spot than purdue is having already won a national title having already played in a couple national title games and jay wright just being being uh viewed rightfully so as as a as a winner matt painter has all this support but he hasn't quite broken through yet to that final four to that national championship game uh, level, but this is the opportunity to do so. And what's really interesting about this is as, as I was thinking about this team and as I was, I was thinking about Villanova in uh, these two seasons, uh, 2016-17 and 2017-18, and I, I saw those parallels there, but I also went back and I looked, and there have been other times uh, where a highly ranked, highly regarded team loses early in the tournament and then comes back that next year and goes to a final four or wins a national title and so there's a lot of reason to be optimistic there's a lot of reason to be hopeful if you're a Purdue fan and if they turn it around next year and they do something really special in the NCAA tournament, it wouldn't be the first time that something like that has happened. There's already been precedent for it. So I think just knowing that other teams are able to do that and other teams have overcame some of that disappointment in order to win. I think that gives us as fans and Purdue, uh, the team as players, a lot of confidence that they can uh, do the same thing. So I'm, I'm very excited. Edie, Uh, Could have made a lot of money as a pro, either in the NBA or in Europe or China or anywhere that he really wanted to go. There's plenty of people that would be willing to pay him a lot of money. But um, he came back. There's clearly some unfinished business. Everybody's a year older. Everybody's a little bit more experienced. And the team that was working really well... Uh, especially in the middle part of the season last year, that team is just one more year experienced and they can look to the past. They can look at these Villanova teams and they can say, well, if they can do it, then we can do it too. So that's why I'm optimistic. That's why I'm excited. And honestly, I wish that uh, tip-off was this week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of random BS. I was thinking about doing these every week, but then I realized like, I wasn't really sure what I was going to talk about. And I'd rather think a little bit more about the content. So again, if you've got questions, comments, or, or, uh, suggestions, please hit me up on Twitter. I'm at the railroad tie or hit up the, the, the main guys on, on the boiled sports account. Just provide that feedback. Let me know what you like. Let me know what you don't like. I'm still sort of figuring out what this thing is going to be. Um, but it's the off season. There's not a lot going on in sports and there's definitely not a ton going on with, with the main, Um, basketball and football programs for Purdue. And so I just, I I like talking about these programs just so that I can uh, maintain that excitement and look forward to the fall. So thanks again for listening. I really appreciate you all.